You're listening to Your Woo Woo Best Friend, a no BS approach to wellness, spirituality, manifestation, and all things mystical. Hello, welcome back to Your Woo Woo Best Friend. I'm Andy, the host of the show. So happy to have you here for another episode. How are things wherever you are in the world? I'm going to share a couple of updates with you about the happenings here on this show on Your Woo Woo Best Friend and inside of We We Studio. If you're new here, We We Studio is a personal wellness studio. We focus on bringing you opportunities and experiences dedicated to your radiant well-being. We have coming up this spring and still a few spaces remaining our Bali retreat. This studio was truly founded based on creating adventures and experiences for you to escape the everyday, reconnect with yourself, And what a way to do that, traveling to Bali. I've been waiting for this one. It's finally time to take this journey to tap into our intuition and adventurous soul, letting our hair down and indulging in a really meaningful retreat experience alongside like-minded people. We'll have seven days of indulgent adventure inspired by travels to the most mystical places. Bali is 1000% one of those places. This retreat is filled with really incredible daily activities. Let me tell you about some of those. We are going to be spending our time in a spa environment. Our retreat center has a really beautiful pool and is centered in the middle of the jungle. You'll have an opportunity to do daily yoga and meditation, visit a traditional Balinese healer, bathe in the holy water temple. You'll have an opportunity to go to the Ubud market, just like Elizabeth Gilbert of Eat, Pray, Love. You probably remember Julia Roberts doing that in the movie. If you're interested, you can join the group to conquer an active volcano on a sunrise hike. And if you prefer to sleep in and lounge by the pool, that's an option too. Seven days, March 27th, 2023 through Monday, April 3rd, 2023. That's the dates. And if you're interested in coming, feel free to send me a message and we can chat about it. There is only a couple of spaces left. So get on it quickly. You can start by paying a deposit and that'll get you in. Okay, my friends. All right. All right. We have a very special guest today. I absolutely adore this conversation. My guest is James Stanley. He is the principal and founder of James Stanley, New York, a boutique architectural design firm in Tribeca, New York. James' unique vision is backed by 12 years of hands-on, very hands-on experience. He's built this career and his success around authentically being himself and meeting his clients where they are. James' creativity and attention to detail can be seen at the plaza at Tiffany and Company and throughout residential homes here in LA, in Miami, and in New York City as well. In this conversation, we're going to contemplate spirituality through the lens of beauty and design. I was so interested to hear how 
James synthesizes these concepts in his work as an architectural designer, as an interior designer. I wanted to talk to him about his travels and how he brings the spiritual experience of travel into his design work. And also, I was so interested in having a conversation about the intersection of spirituality and luxury. We are going to get into all of that and really explore James's really thoughtful approach to everything he does. So let's get into it. Welcome to the show, James Stanley. Hi, James. Welcome to the show. Andy, thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so I'm so pleased to have you here. And we've obviously already been chatting quite a bit. And I know this is going to be such a special conversation. So in this conversation, we are going to contemplate spirituality through the lens of beauty and design and those magical forms of art that you get to work in every day. So as the spiritual being you are, I'd love to start by grounding us into how you approach your days and the work that you do. Uh, my pleasure. Wow. Um, approaching my days, you know, I try to lead off with a peaceful thought mm. as soon as my eyes open, right? So even while I'm still laying in bed and I haven't prop myself up even, I thought, I think of a peaceful thought or to be mindful of peace, right? Uh, because happiness equates peace. They go hand in hand. And this is, you know, the number one goal, right? Uh, that we should all hopefully be striving for. We all want to be happy mm -hmm. and through peace, we find happiness, right? So that's how I definitely approach my first thing in the day. And then the second thing, there's a music I don't know where it comes from, but there's music in my head every moment since I'm a kid. A mm. song pops into my head as, as I'm getting out of bed, and I kind of just start bopping around and doing my thing. And And I'm a morning guy, so it's easy for me to, you know, I'm not that grumpy person in the morning, <laughs> caffeine or not. Um, so I'm blessed for that. And then, I, yeah, it just goes from there. I meditate in the morning. I try to, whether it's a five-minute quick meditation, depending upon my day, or a, you know, 20-minute full-blown, you know, cushion prayer thing, I can't stress enough that we all should be doing that um, for self to calm, to center, and then to be able to give to other, right? Uh, because I truly believe that's why we're here. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, so beautiful. And the meditation practice doesn't have to be, as you said, it doesn't have to be difficult. It could be five minutes totally. of quiet yeah. time. And then the way you're going to show up in your work and with people and your surroundings, yeah, totally. it's going exactly. to set the and tone. I'm, and, and I'm in New York City and not that that should matter, but you know, it's a very hustle and bustle town and everybody's got like three seconds and uh, we got to move on, right? And I need to chill, but not chill so that I'm still sitting in the back of the room, so to speak, metaphorically, that I'm present, that mm. my mind isn't agitated. So if you can take that five minute in the morning or even at night, but preferably in the morning before you race off to your day and just calm the mind, find peace and then move forward. You'd be amazing. It's like putting glasses on that you can see clearly with everything is in focus now, you know? Absolutely. 
You and your work infuse so much soul into everything that you create. And we were talking a bit about your process before we started recording. So for the listener, take us through a project and the process from each component of a project that you work through to bring something to life. Absolutely. So it's, you know, you, you use a term that I use a lot. I, I love to bring things to life and I take my clients on a journey, right? And, and some people are good at visualizations and some aren't, right? And my job is to make sure that I guide my clients and my team through my vision, right? From the very start. So, you know, a project comes, it starts off with an initial meeting of the minds, so to speak, you know, and clients are always like, oh, is he going to be, does he get our vibe? And is he going to be, you know, this is, is his style like ours? And, and all of that is almost irrelevant, right? People will tell you what they want if you just listen for it. Right? And mm-hmm. it may not be direct. They may not say, oh, I love pink and green and I want this size room. It may be, I traveled somewhere and I saw this gorgeous flower on the side of the road. It reminded me of this. And if I listen closely enough, I'm emotionally connecting to the client or the person and interpreting that in my design. So it actually makes my job very easy. Right? If people tell you what they want or who they are, I can design for them. So we have this really, really great vibing conversation and I ask questions like, you know, where have you traveled? What do you like to eat? What music do you listen to? Textures do you like? Is is the home, if it's a home we're designing, is it cozy and warm? Is it cool and entertaining? What kind of space is it? What do we do here? And then we get into the, you know, the details of the furniture and artwork. Uh, but I always start off with the architectural plan first because we do that. And right off the bat, it may not seem like it, but I've already have my spiritual guru hat on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that I must build a space with virtue from my side, right? Mm-hmm. With integrity, honesty, love, all of those things create a spiritual environment, right? So those are the foundation. And if we're building a structure, the foundation of it has to start with virtue, right? Mm-hmm. And then the client bonding experience, I'm creating something that they're really going to emotionally connect to, forgetting what it looks like, that they emotionally feel safe and at peace in their home. And that's what we should all strive for, right? We come home, we want peace outside of our day-to-day, whatever that is. We come home, it should be, feel safe and peaceful, tranquil, whatever it looks like, right? And then we just build from there. You know, we start building models and we start talking textures and sound and scents. I'm very big on music and scent. When I build a project, uh, for me, it creates such a wonderful atmosphere and memory and invokes happiness to me. So I always have diffusers going, candles, some music, whatever it is. I mean, I meditate. I'm so odd sometimes, or at least I think so. I can meditate to hip hop or uh, show tunes because I'm emotionally connecting to it doesn't matter the sound so much. You know, we have this vision that it has to be classical music or wind tones. And there's a chime in the background, the ocean crashing. That's for me, that's wonderful. Don't don't misunderstand. And if you know somebody that has that space that can meditate in, I'm coming over for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
But it's it's really a personal thing. What I vibe to emotionally is what takes me to that peaceful place, right? Um, mm. yeah. yeah, and then so we just, good. you know, through building a project with a client, uh, you know, whether it's just a small project or a large project, I go through every step of the way with my team and the client and we choose every detail, every wall placement, every thinking of the sun and the temperatures and how it's going to feel and everything. And then eventually we build a space that they emotionally connect to. And I don't, in a positive way, mind you, we build a space that's a positive emotional connection. And I don't know that there's anything much more spiritual than that, because if we're connecting in a positive way, we've, we've laid the foundation for this journey of spirituality and peace and happiness. Mm, so true. And it sounds like in this process, you're setting yourself up to be able to channel, to be able to to allow the muse to find you, to allow the client's experience of what they want for their life to come through you by using all of these different sensory moments so that you can create this living art for them. Absolutely, 100% for sure. I, uh, uh, they, you know, the, the client is my muse, the space is my muse, and vibing with them in a positive way, we really are able to create uh, such, a, such a beautiful space. And not only from the beauty of the aesthetic, but emotionally you know? Um, mm -hmm. and it's, it's really quite incredible. And we even get into things, you know, if I'm blessed enough on a project site to create custom things, artwork, furniture pieces, lighting pieces, I create, especially in my art. Um, I love to bring part of the client's soul. And I know that sounds very deep into the artwork, whether it's their, everything from their numerical numbers in their social security number, will be faded in the background in a different random way Ooh, to some music notes that they love to, you know, to either whatever they're into as far as a religion, I would incorporate or a spiritual path, a, a you know, an outline of a Buddha or a crucifix or the Om symbol or an ashram in the background. And it's very faint and very subliminal almost. But when this artwork gets installed, the client is blown away and in the sense that I basically created what's inside of them and we put it, you know, on a canvas and breathe life and put it into the world. Mm, so, so impactful. So magical. Oh, that's so, so lovely. Uh, what is the word I use too. I love the word magical. Yeah. Um, because for me, it's, you know, I look at rose through life with rose colored glasses, mm -hmm. but also have to be practical as a business owner. And, you know, I think all of us, all listeners can relate to having to be practical and finding the balance between the glass half full and what's practical. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We talk a lot in this community about some of the offerings that we have are very much, we present them from a, a mystical point of view, but it all has practical strategy. And Correct. when you can show up to something with a mystical mindset, allowing the magic to arise Happen. and yeah. infuse practical strategy, you're, you're really like, now you're, now you've got something. Correct. You're focused and zoning in, right? I, I totally agree, right? Because I think people are, you know, uh, have misconception about when we use the word spiritual or magic or mysticism, right? Uh, they think it's all fluff and 
But there's very practical foundation talking and how to merge the two or marry the two um, can happen and does happen if we allow it to, if we're not opposed to it and blocking it, you know? Mm, Yeah. I'd love to hear your perspective on the intersection of spirituality and luxury. Ooh, so 100% transparency. I have struggled with those two through my journey, right? Um, I love both. Um, I was, (laughs) very quick story, I was in a therapist. So I did five or six years of, you know, therapy, uh, both group and individual for many different reasons. And it literally taught me so many skills that I've been able to to take with me. But I remember my therapist saying to me, he goes, you're too caught up in the material. And this was after I'd been seeing this therapist for many years. And I was, my first reaction was I was taken aback. And my second reaction was, you know, I'm okay with that. In the sense that the luxury or the material world does not define who I am. It is a part of who I am, right? I can appreciate luxury, whatever that means to me or to the listeners, right? And also be able to meditate on the meaning of life and balancing. I don't know about balancing, but have the two merge, right? My thought in luxury and spirituality is that if it brings you pleasure and joy, there there is no spiritual road that I'm aware of, at least, and I'm, I've studied quite extensively, that says, you know, you cannot have the home or automobile or travels or, or whatever it is you consider luxury and be a spiritual being. No one is saying that, right? The two can coexist. The importance is to know that the joy that the home, the automobile, or whatever the luxury experience is, is just an experience. It's not coming from that item. It's coming from within, You are Mm -hmm. creating that. The joy is not coming from the purse, so to speak. It is coming from within. As long as that perspective is very clear, then enjoy the things. Enjoy traveling. Enjoy going out. Enjoy the food, the restaurant, the music, whatever it is that you're into, the luxury. But make sure that you understand that perception is not reality. The reality is the joy is coming from within. It's already there. I don't know if that made sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. And in using the purse analogy, that's a conversation I've certainly had with folks, with with girlfriends that are like, you know, is this like full vanity that I want to spend this amount of money on this bag? And exactly. one of the questions yeah. I ask sometimes is, well, do you feel like you are embodying your worth and your confidence is going to shine through and you're going to be able to show up and do more impactful things when you carry that bag. If that, if that is something that you feel, carry the bag and then go do the magical things that you do in this world while you're carrying this bag. And there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. You know, I, I can, I relate to that as, you know, as a guy, I put on a certain set of clothes when I go into a certain meeting, I'm sure, you know, all our viewers or listeners can relate, you know, you, you dress a certain way and it it evokes an emotion, right? And you carry yourself differently. So if I walk into an important client meeting or, or anything, and I'm dressed and I got a collared shirt on and a suit jacket and a great pair of loafers, I feel I feel powerful in the sense that it's not coming from ego. It's coming from I'm tuning into that part of me that 
needs to, you know, really do this particular thing. And mm-hmm. it's coming from a very virtuous place. I'm not saying that that is who I am. It's a part of me. And it's helping me do virtuous things and connecting to whatever's in front of me. And I applaud that, right? I'm not saying that that look or that bag is who I am, right? Because that's an ego statement and that changes the yeah. whole narrative, right? Yeah, it's all about creative self-expression. Correct. Exactly. And yeah. if it puts a smile on your face, and again, not in an egotistical way, and helps you connect to other, right? Because it's not about self, it's about other, then we've created amazing karma for one thing, really positive vibes. It's, you know, it, it's just a wonderful thing. So if someone's listening and they're thinking, okay, I love this idea of expressing myself in this way, and I do want to wake up and put on something that I feel great in and maybe apply a lipstick color that I feel bold or powerful. And how would you recommend that someone go about finding their aesthetic in order to express a sense of self? And of course, in your world, this this is through architecture and design and furniture and art. And we could look at lots of different modalities for this, but just considering the idea of aesthetic and self-expression, how could one begin to find what their sense of self might be in that realm? I think have, you know, first thing, have fun, right? Take out the judgment part of self. You know, we are our big, biggest critic. I can totally speak for myself. I'm my biggest critic, right? If I can, (laughs) this is going to maybe sound strange, tune into the child inside. Right? Yeah. The one that wants to play and explore. That's where my creativity comes from. And trust that and just go through the journey, right? Because we're all here for experiences and journey. At some point, you know, try the lipsticks, try the dresses, try the different fabrics and the way they make you feel, the textures, the colors. Go bold and bright. Eventually, you're going to find your lane. You're going to see through enough experimentation and not judging self for it, not judging yourself and, and, you know, and others judging you. Hopefully, you're in a safe environment to do that. Just keep experimenting. Eventually, you will find your lane, the, the fabric, the dress, the hair color, the hairstyle, whatever it is, will make sense to you. And once you're in that lane, I mean, it's going to be so much fun. I kind of envy that in a sense. I I've, uh, I'm a, I love to experiment, right? I was going to shave my head and dye it pink. That's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> but I've done that throughout my life because I love to just kind of say, okay, uh, you know, I want to experiment with somebody, a new part of James, right? I think we should all experiment with a new part of whoever we are and find it. And then refine it as we go forward, right? We found this lane, not saying we have to stay in it, but we've kind of found it. We feel comfortable. We like the way we look. We feel powerful uh, or whatever it is we're looking to feel, right? And being cautious that this is a part of who you are. It is not who you are. It does not define you. It is a part of who you are and embrace that, love that. Um, And through that, you know, beautiful spiritual energy and karma will be created, right? Absolutely. And I think the fun thing that we get to do with these human bodies that we're living in and these spaces that we get to call our homes is we can we can play our whole lives. We don't have to choose one particular style or aesthetic Agreed. or or yeah. interior scheme and stay yeah. with that forever. You can see what feels good to you moment by moment, year by year and evolve. Totally. 
we're, we're all ever totally agree. We're totally changing constantly. You know, the body, the mind, uh, the world around us changes continuously, whether we like it or not. Go with it. Go on a ride. You know, and, and balancing it, of course, the practical of, you know, the responsibilities of life um, and who we are as a human being or a spiritual being, the choices are ours. Have fun with it. Um, you know, with, with, within reason, right. Uh, or not, depending upon where you are in your life. You know, I, as, as a, as a prof, trying to be a professional, <laughs> uh, I experiment all the time, you know, and I change my home interior. I, I tell everybody, if you leave me in anybody's room too long, I'm going to change everything all the time. Right. <laughs> I'm having you but I do the same dinner. thing with my aesthetic <laughs> and I applaud people that do that. You know, you know, we're reinventing ourselves. We should nothing is is forever right we're, we're going to leave this realm and go on to the next whether we want to or not right and we're going to repeat what we didn't learn whether we want to or not have fun figure it out enjoy it right uh, shave the head or not or wear the red lipstick or not or and and just yeah have fun do it mm, yeah it's 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 all we we have this this one wild and precious life to live. So have a good time along the way and express Absolutely. yourself in whatever way feels good to you. Absolutely. You know, it's, I think we live in, unfortunately, we may live in a time that I think is scrutinizing that freedom more than ever. Sure. Um, or maybe not more than ever, but more than from my lifetime that I'm used mm -hmm. to. And uh, go for it. You know, because we, we're we here to have experiences, nothing more, nothing less. I do not believe that human beings were put on this planet to work, to stress about family and home and career and et cetera. We are here to have experiences. Good or bad is irrelevant. There are experiences. It just depends on how we look at them, right, uh, is how what the experience is. And continue to have them. You know, if, if we're playing it safe all the time, we're not having the experiences. And think about those times where you had an experience, whether a relationship or whatever, and it didn't last forever. But what an amazing experience it may have been for a short period of time. And that was meant to be. And you would not have had that had you not done it. So that carries through our whole lives, right? Yeah, and it does. feels <laughs> like the pendulum between this idea of we live to work, and our identities are fully wrapped up in who we are at work, it feels like right. that pendulum is shifting, that it is swinging the other direction. And our life is our life. And the expression of who we are is something we get to decide that doesn't have to be related to our job title or the career we chose. Totally. How does how does that feel totally. for you? What are you seeing in that in that? You know, way? I I I am as guilty as the next person with that. Um, sure. I, I grew up in a home. I grew up in a family business in Southern California. And my mom was, you know, just a really go-getter. She was a, a, a tough woman, loved her to death, really looked up to her, um, way ahead of her time. But 110% defined herself by her career, right? And she taught me that that's what I'm supposed to do, right? That you are... It sounds harsh, but nothing more, nothing less than the amount of money that you're making from your career and how successful you are at it. And, you know, in, in my early teens and 20s, I thought, oh, yeah, that's it. And then in my mid-20s, things shifted and I, I didn't feel connected to self 
right? And I wasn't aware that I didn't feel that. I was too young, um, but I, I wasn't. And I was searching. I, I wanted to be a priest, total sidebar, at 17. And uh, I grew up in a Catholic home and I went to a Christian school. And so I wanted to be a priest at 17. And, and you know, and that in my 20s, that changed. But I always yearned for this connection to the spiritual world, always. And, uh, you know, I moved to Miami and I partied and I did all this stuff. And and my mother wasn't happy that I was going and gallivanting the world. I traveled a lot in, in my early 20s. And, and she's like, you know, you need to define your career and you need to make sure that you get your, you know, I had my degree and all that, but she wanted to make sure that I put it to use. And, and I didn't feel those things. I felt guilty about not feeling them, but I mm-hmm. didn't. And then in my late 30s and 40s, I was really at a point in my life where I'm, I want a career. And so I threw myself into it. 110%. Maybe seven or eight years ago, 10 maximum, I took my foot off the gas pedal of the career. And I said, you know what? Who am I? I did that whole, who am I? What am I? Where am I going? And I felt good about myself as a, as a spiritual being and a human. I felt I'm a good person. And if I died today and I say this as, as we're, if we, we're, we're doing this right now and, and I drop dead as soon as we're done or during, I feel good about who I am in the world and who, and, and cherishing other than self. And I'm okay. My career does not define who I am. I love it. And there are times I hate it too, but it's not who I am. It's a part of me, right? Who I am is a spiritual being that wants to help other humans and other spiritual beings evolve and be released from this, you know, this, this world and this, this prison that we put ourselves in right? Circumstance it. And we put, we chose that. And I'm, you know, uh, that's the lane I need to be in because I feel alive. Like these conversations we're having right now, I feel alive more so than my career can give me. Um, Mm. yeah. Yeah. It's something so important to contemplate, right? It's like when we think about what we want our legacy to be, what we want to look back on our life and celebrate when we are approaching the end, those are things yeah. to consider. What do I want to be known for? What impact totally. do I want to have made? What good do I have wanted to have done for others? And Correct. that stuff, when you stop and consider it, will oftentimes make you stop in your tracks and yeah. really consider a pivot or a shift or a Correct. celebration of what you're up to. Yeah, totally. Agreed. Agreed. I, uh, I, I spend a lot of time on this subject matter, a lot, right? Especially when I'm meditating and, or, or when I, it's funny, when I'm traveling, I tend to meditate less, but meditate and, con- meditate and contemplate deeper for whatever mm-hmm. reason. I, 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 well, I kind of know because, you know, my, my day-to-day has been shifted. So the mindset yeah. and emotionally I've shifted. So I can dig a little deeper and, a, a tough juncture for me has always been career and what it means and how much money are you making and how much fame are you getting and how what's status and society i think more than ever is telling us that is important right that, right. that is the important thing but it's all going to end right no gloom and doom but we're all going to drop dead and we're all going to leave everything that we built right here is the legacy that i built a firm that carries on or is the legacy that I helped other beings um, feel better and be better 
and uh, take the blinders off of just looking forward because there's a complete 360 that we're missing. You know, that for me is the legacy that I want to make sure that I, at least I hope that I can leave behind. Yeah. Yeah. And as you're speaking about the shift that happens when we travel, that is very much what what has travel has created in my life, these big moments of awareness. And anytime I've made a big decision to, to do something different, to leave a corporate career that I was on a very serious track towards continuing to go up the ladder, the travel is what's done it because it's, it's so true. We have this, this new awareness, fresh eyes. We're seeing things in a mm-hmm. really new way. And that's kind of one of the best ways to stop yourself from this blinder, this, you know, living with blinders and yeah. take a, just take a look at, okay, who am I? What do I really want to be? What's happening around me? This totally. is all new for me. Okay, let's yeah. let's really think about what what I who I want to be and what I want to be about. Correct. And 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 piggybacking on that whole statement and it's not just you know, it's not I think you know, the youth in this world uh you know, let's say you're in your, you know, late teens, early 20s and you're like, "Who am I? Where am I going?" and all this kind of stuff. It's not just about that age group. I'm 54. And I'm still trying to figure that out. So I don't want yeah, any of the sure. listeners or anybody that to think, oh, you have to have it figured out or you have to be contemplating this. You know, I've contemplated it and pivoted many times in my career and many times in my life. And, and I probably still will. You know, I, I, I would love to leave this planet uh, as a teacher. Right. So I, I do. You know, that's a goal of mine, maybe when I retire. But uh, it's so important for us to take those moments and really just self-reflect. Right. And, uh, and in the more you tap into that, right, the more you tap into the deeper thinking and thinking, okay, where am I going? What's happening right now? You know, the more you do that, the easier it comes to you in the sense that, okay, I can get deep, take a chill, get a view of what's really happening for me and in the world, and then make some decisions or at least be aware of them right? Of what's happening instead of that grind, because it's so easy, especially I think for people with, you know, with careers that are very hectic to get into a grind and you're looking down and you're not looking up and you're not viewing what's happening around you, you know? Totally. I want to go back to, okay. I want to go back to young you partying in Miami when you were, (laughs) (laughs) you were. Oh, I did that. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I think my question about that part of your life is this, Sometimes, sometimes I find that folks are really afraid to just allow themselves the space to have fun, to explore, to go to the party, to live that way, because there is this pressure to be constantly on, on the hustle, on the grind. So when you reflect back, whether or not you look at it and go, yeah, I should have been doing that, or I shouldn't have been doing that, or whatever it might be. What lessons did you take with you from that time in your life that have helped you to transform and evolve as a as a person? Wow, um, lot lot. There's a lot there, a lot to unpack. <laughs> um, so, to give you some framework, so I grew up in a very traditional, very old school, very conservative home and family. 
right? So I was an only child um, and just very guarded from the world, right? So I grew up as an adult pretty much. So I went right into a family business. I learned how to drive a car at nine years old, right? And I grew up in Southern California. Okay, so Car City, right, mm-hmm. um, et cetera, right? So there was never a childhood really around in the traditional sense. When I kind of, you know, blew the doors off of this and said, I got to go find me. What do I, everything from what I wanted to wear to who I was, my political and spiritual beliefs, everything was kind of dictated for me. And, and, you know, and then I held the key to that because I was like, okay, this is what I was taught. It must be right. So I'm going to continue it. And I wasn't happy. You know, I knew there was something off. And then, you know, um, I got to Miami Beach via Southern California because a lot of my relatives had migrated to South Florida, right? And, uh, you know, I just, you know, late 90s went to, to, to Miami Beach and it was very glamorous and cool in those days. And uh, I experimented, you know, I went to the clubs. I wasn't a big drinker. I didn't get into drugs, uh, but I, I just did what I was big enough to do. And I did that for maybe five years, right? I had a job, and but I wasn't really going anywhere. And my portfolio as far as from school and my design work wasn't going anywhere. And I did little gigs here and there with it. But uh, it just, it was an easy lifestyle to fall into, right? And I was like, I'm having fun. And, you know, and I was kind of estranged from my parents at that point. They weren't happy with what I was doing. And literally, I was coming out of a club and I was working in the club at the time, at a time. So it, you know, I came out at like eight or nine o'clock in the morning and the sun was up and I had my shirt off and it was all about body beautiful and all that. And a woman came up to me with a pamphlet and it was a pamphlet about Buddhism. And I mm. took it from her because I was still on this search to find what I was missing in my spiritual world. I didn't realize that, but that's what I was doing. And I took this pamphlet and read it thoroughly when I got home and I took a class or two and it really was like fish in water. And at the time I was also studying Kabbalah. So there was a lot going on with me in, in this mindset. But after about maybe six or eight months of studying these different spiritual paths, I was like, you know, I'm not really happy in this party town either. It just seems so surface and I needed to get deeper. And... Um, I decided, you know, I took a trip to New York City by myself, didn't know a soul, didn't have a dime in my pocket, didn't have a career, no job, nothing. Flew to New York City from Miami Beach, stood a weekend, went back to Miami, sold everything I owned, rented a car and moved to New York without a job, without any money, without an apartment, nothing. And I've never regretted that because the balance of the party and the balance of career that I was taught as a youth, they kind of fused a little bit. And I found mm. a happy medium for that time in my life. I was in my mid thirties by then, and I was figuring it out, you know? Um, there are no regrets. Sometimes I think, wow, just think if I would have built my company back then, how much sure. further I would be. But then I step away from that. You know, we all, I think we all do that. We all second guess ourselves, right? Yeah. You look 30,000 feet down at who James was at 25 and who he is now, we're completely different people, right? Totally. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to do or, you know, have done what I did today had I been that person then. It just would not have happened. Totally. Um, and I'm, I'm at peace now. If I could say a word that's really kind of the most poignant for me is, I find peace. I can go inside 
not for long periods of time, mind you, with life, and just breathe it out and really get to a, a chill moment in space, you know? And that is the goal, not all the rest of the distraction, you know? That is the goal for me. And I think something I try to teach other people that are close to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have you have objectivity today that you wouldn't have had at 25 or 30. Correct. Yeah. And and you just you just can't have that then. You just just, you know, it's just not what it is as you get older, you start to find that. Correct. Or hopefully you do. You know, I know some people my this age or true. older that or even family members that never found it. Never got right? it. Yeah. Um and it's a struggle. I don't want to paint a picture like, oh, I have this down, it's all mapped out. I'm no, I yeah. it's still I struggle between all of it. But I know I'm aware, you use that word and I love it, awareness. I'm aware of when I'm off track or when, if, you know, when I catch myself, I can see, oh yeah, now I'm aware through enough experience and enough trial and tribulation. Now I kind of get the difference, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you're so right. There are certainly people probably in all of our lives that we look at, you know, our parents, our grandparents, aunts, uncles, and we're like, hey, can you get some awareness? Can you get some objectivity? <laughs> totally, yeah. And I'm then like, they, they can just, you just get here, right? <laughs> yeah. And and like all we can do is show up with kindness and Correct. S- some acceptance of we yeah. are all on our own path and totally. maybe they'll get there, maybe they won't. Yeah. And that can feel really challenging and and especially when it's someone you love and you're like, I just want you to get there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's I think that's acceptance for me has been it's a big word. And it, it strikes up a lot of uh, thought process for me because acceptance was, at least I used to think, was my downfall uh, or, or, or for lack of a better word, weakness. Because accepting reality and accepting my reality and accepting my parents and, and, and everything was always a struggle, right? And mm-hmm. um, it's really just what we have to do, right? We're not all on the same journey, Right? We're at different levels, moving at different paces with different, different karmic tracks. Uh, and, you know, I, I had a very, uh, very interesting relationship with my parents. And uh, at the end, my mom finally kind of started to get me right at the end before she passed away. And, and I was like, you know, we wasted so much time. You, you could have known me 25 years sooner, but that wasn't meant to be right? And her journey and my journey were two different entire things. And coming to a realization and acceptance about that changed my my thought process and my relationship with her. And uh, I implore anybody that, you know, accept the situation for what it is and who they are. And mm-hmm. uh, they, they don't need to be on the same track, you know, even though I wanted to help her, I used to say, you know, oh, I wish I could, you know, take you to this class of mine, or we could read together, or we can get deep. And you know, she wasn't there and she wasn't supposed to be there. And I'm okay with that now, you know? Mm, So important and such good advice. It's, it's, yeah, it's so important. And, you know, there's a couple of ways that could have gone. You could have, you could have said, okay, I'm putting my hands up. She's not going to get there. Or you could love her and show her who you are and were through the process and hope that she would start to see that. And it sounds like she did. Eventually. Yeah. You know, she said not, I don't want this to be about my mom, but she said something (laughs) that I will carry with me to many lifetimes. So she absolutely had an amazing relationship with her mother and my grandmother. And my grandmother was the kindest, sweetest, gentlest soul ever. And people that today, people that know me 
use those same words with me when they're around me for long periods of time. Before my mother passed away, she looked at me and she goes, you know, you favor your grandmother. You're the, she was so gentle and so kind. And for me, it was the biggest, you know, forget the career and things that I've done. It was the biggest, you know, uh, most wonderful thing she could have ever said to me because I want to leave this planet with people saying that. Hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Okay. I'm going to pivot because I have to ask you this question because I, I have you and Go your ahead. expertise. Okay. So travel and curating our homes. So I find so many of my friends and colleagues right now are spending the summer, they've spent the summer in Europe and they're finally getting to travel again, like we did yeah. pre 2020. And you are someone who treasure hunts like nobody else. I was, mm -hmm. I was, drooling over that map from the Paris flea market that I saw it's over on your one. Instagram. It's <laughs> yes, <one>. yes. <laughs> so I have to ask this question. So when we're traveling and we are considering curating things for our homes, what are the types of things to look out for? What's your approach in that way? And um, how do we how do we bring the soul of a place into our home? while traveling? Uh, interesting. So I love doing everything you just described. I just came back from a trip, you know, I was in the South of France, the Côte d'Azur and through Italy, the front, the Italian Riviera. Awesome. I needed, I, we hadn't been away for years, uh, obviously through COVID and it's a trip that we had planned pre-COVID. I always am on the hunt for things, usually vintage shops are my favorite, secondhand stores, um, either for projects or myself or things that I know that eventually a client is going to love and I'll save. I've got two storage units. So trust me, I, <laughs> I keep piling stuff up. Um, I start off with furniture, art, lighting, those kind of things. Those are usually the, yeah. my go-tos. And when I'm traveling, I try to do a little research either a few days before. I'm not a big planner in that sense, but if I know where I'm going, like I'm going to Prague at the end of August and I've already looked up like a couple of vintage shops or secondhand shops or flea markets, which I love, right? Especially if we're abroad. Uh, I love them here too. But uh, So I look those up and see, you know, and I just go treasure hunting. Um, things that yeah. pique my eye. I'm always, you know, I go through all the old art. So I go through the canvases and I kind of roll through them. And Whatever speaks to me, I'll pull out um, or whatever I think I could use on a project, either from a content or color or scale. Um, you know, I think of all those things. Furniture pieces, uh, if I'm abroad, I don't obviously, I'm not going to carry a sofa back with me in a chair unless it's absolutely exceptional, <laughs> but which I've done. But uh, I'll look at smaller pieces that I can have shipped easy or I can even carry with me a lot of times. It's like boxes or enamel things that I can, you know, pop over with me. And for me, it's about the memory, right? So people yeah. ask me all the time, how do you accessorize your homes, right? So even in this room, if I look out, I have photos of people or memories that remind me of wonderful times or art that I can look up and say, oh, I found that in wherever, whether it's on the Jersey shore, or I found it in the South of France, you know? And immediately my heart feels warm. The memory is good and positive and I've created a positive vibe. And all I've done is surround myself with things that I enjoy, that spark joy for me, a good emotion, a good memory, right? And traveling, 
Uh, I've been blessed enough to travel a lot and I've seen a lot of beautiful things, but it doesn't, you know, beauty doesn't have to be luxury. I mean, I love going to little villages. We found a village, I have to tell you this quick story, called Ez in the south of France. And I had never been to Ez. Okay. And we had a, you know, um, are you familiar with Ez? Do you know it? No, I don't oh, yeah. know it. So I'm telling you, if you're ever in France, the south of France, you got to go to a town called Ez, E-Z-E. -E. Okay. It's a medieval town. And it's literally out of a storybook. So it's this, you know, there's a mountain. And on top of it, there's a little medieval village right on top. And it's breathtaking. And it's all cobblestone, little archways. The art is to die for because these artisans have been here from practically the start of time with their little workshops right there. And the things that you will find and the emotion and the deep richness of it all. Um, and it's not horribly expensive. So it's it was just such a great experience that I'm like, okay, this beats going to, you know, LV or Hermes any day of the week for me because I got this emotional connection and I sat on a cobblestone street in the south of France and talked to a painter that was 92 years old doing these watercolors. And I'm like, that experience, I'll carry with me to the next lifetime, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, those are, the, those are the moments and things that I look for. Ah, oh, so beautiful. Yeah, I find I'm always hunting for textiles, art that mm. I can get back easily, little unique yeah. gems that are going to do exactly that, that are going to just light me up when I see them or when someone Correct. asks me when they're in my home for dinner or whatever else, when they say, oh, where did you find that? And I can tell the story of a place yeah, like that. Exactly. Oh, it's so special. Yeah. So special. It's a great conversation piece, especially if you're entertaining. But if it means something emotionally to you, you know, again, clients ask me, accessorizing, James, what do I buy? I'm like, look for things you may already have and repurpose them. I have my grandfather's pocket watch mm -hmm. in a box, literally to the left over there. And it brings me so much joy. And people tell me, oh, I, I never use my jewelry from my, my heirlooms or grandparents or whatever. Think about a watch or something you have from, a, from one of your relatives and put it in a trinket dish next to you, your bed, your counter, bookshelf. I'm telling you, you're going to look at it and light up. And oh. what more do we want than that, right? So I love that so much. Such such beautiful advice. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Okay. So what do you have coming up next? What's going on next in, in your world? Um, so something super excited that I'm, I, you're the first person I'm actually sharing with it uh, out and about, but we're going to Prague at the end of next month. And one of the main reasons I'm going there is I have been sketching a, a pattern for dishes for many years. And oh, I wow. finally found a porcelain company that's going to kind of, we're going to talk about being creative and collabing. And I'm like, I can't wait to go. The architecture in Prague, I hear it's to die for. I've never been I'm going. I'm, I'm just going to take a million photos, but I'm so pumped about doing this, this, this dishware and doing some prototypes uh, because I love, I love entertaining. I love decorating my tables and stylizing my, my dinner table. Um, and I want to do my own dish line, right? So, oh, so exciting. Uh, yeah, right. So we're going we're gonna to see. Yeah. And then when I was okay. in France, I made a fragrance. I can't even tell you, Andy, the funnest thing I've ever done, right? I didn't plan on doing it. Trust me. Uh, I was going to buy some little, you know, fragrances for some, some people in my life and bring them back with me. And instead of doing that, I'm the first guy that's going to think, well, how can I make my own? How can I put my mm. own design stamp on this? Went into Grasse, France. They have these, you know, there's three of the main parfum companies in the world. And they, you know, some of them offer you to go in. And so I made an appointment. I sat down. I made a fragrance, a parfum. 
And it was the most invigorating thing I think I've ever done because I love doing that. I'm actually wearing it today for the first time because it takes like three or four weeks for it to ferment. So I'm wearing it today. And uh, I'm super excited about that because I'm thinking, what if I took this and turned it into like diffusers or candles for the home? Yeah. So we'll see. I love that idea. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be watching to see all of these things come to life and we'll <laughs> it's have like the dishware. It's like now the work has got to happen, right? I got to perform yeah. out for sure. <laughs> totally. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'll have the dishware on my table sometime in the future. Yes. 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 I'm thinking of doing these tree branches, but in a very spiritual way, almost like cherry. I have, I think cherry blossoms are very spiritual. I don't know why, but I look at them and it just transports me to like a different dimension truthfully. So I'm doing these tree branches that kind of go through the plate in the bowl, in the cup, in the saucer. And when you place them as a place setting and you look over, it all kind of aligns. But when you're looking outward, you don't really see it. Mm, Yeah. Oh, so exciting. Okay. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what you create. Me too. too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. And lastly, where can folks find you and follow along on these exciting adventures you have coming up, what's the best place to send them? So two things, right? So Instagram, our IG is James Stanley NY. And I pretty much post everything on Instagram. And then our website, which is jamesstanleyny.com. Perfect. James, thank you so much for being here and having this conversation with me. It's been such a pleasure. Andy, you have been absolute pleasure. And thank you for letting me express myself and talk about some things that really matter. Absolutely. Anytime. We'll do it again soon. Thank you so much to James for joining me today. I hope you guys loved this episode. I truly enjoyed this conversation so much. Before we go, two final things I want to share with you. One, for my people who are based in Los Angeles, we are going to have a live podcast event coming up in November. I have to tell you, for those that follow along on Instagram, you've already seen this. I had this really incredible opportunity around Women's Equality Day to speak on a panel with Michelle Fan, the like OG YouTube makeup guru. She is absolutely a delight and so inspiring. Sif Heider, who has the brand Array and the podcast, The Dream Bigger Podcast. And she's very much an expander for me. I have been listening to Sif's podcast, have been checking out what she's done with Array, have really been thinking a lot about how inspired I am by her. And all of a sudden, here I was on a panel with her sitting directly next to me. It was really freaking cool. And then my lovely friend Jordan Laurel also was on the panel. Lyric Phoenix, an incredible model with such a cool story. And it was hosted by... Kelty Knight of the Lady Gang podcast, who also is a New York Times bestselling author and many other things. So I had this experience. The event was at Urban Unity, a really incredible loft space in downtown LA. And the founder of the space invited me to host a podcast event later this year. So we're going to do that in November. It's going to be a live podcast event. I will have several of our podcast guests joining me, so it will be panel style. If you are local to LA and would like to come, I would love to have you. I can give you more details super soon. We have a date. It's in in November. I need to go look at my calendar and tell you exactly what that date is, but I'll put it in the show notes. And if you are 
available and want to come hang, it will be free and you are invited. So I wanted to share that with you. Also, the best way you can support this podcast is by leaving us a review and a rating and subscribing to the show. If you're listening on Apple Pods, here's what you need to do. Scroll back to where the episodes are listed, then scroll down and you're going to see a place that says ratings and reviews. Tap there to rate. If you believe the show has earned five stars, give it to us. And then you can also leave your feedback, your review there. So let me know what you've loved thus far about this show, what guests you'd like to see, anything else you want to share with me. That is such a great place to do it. And then if you would like to subscribe to the show and you are not already subscribed, scroll back up and you can click the three dots at the top and follow the show. Cool? It would be so helpful to me if you did that. It would really mean the world to me if you did that. And if you do that, then also jump onto social media and share your review on social and tag us at your woo woo BFF. We will reshare it. Tag me at wee wee girl. Definitely will reshare it. Give you lots of shout out love. So much gratitude and appreciation for everyone who does that. With that, we are complete. Thank you so much for being here. I'll be back again next Thursday, just as we do every week, sending you so much love. See you again super soon. Take care. Be well.